0: Hey, how many of you have ever told or been told, just trust God? You ever told that? Like you're, you're going through a difficult thing and maybe you're going through a problem and someone just says to you, just trust God. How many of you know that's easier said than done? Can I get an amen? All right, because maybe, maybe it's a health issue and someone says, just, just, just trust God. Okay. Maybe it's a financial problem and they say, listen, just trust God. God. Uh, maybe it's a relationship struggle, and someone says, "Just trust God." Now, now this isn't bad, but we can tend to sometimes have—I call it—bumper sticker theology. Now, and l- let me explain. We call it meme theology now. Uh, memes are the updated 2.0 version of bumper sticker theology. You know, like bumper sticker theology would be you see on someone's bumper that would say, "Let go and let." God. How many have you ever heard that? Let go, like God. So, so uh, what is a meme? So, for those of you that don't, how many have no idea what a meme is? Raise your hand. Just be honest with me. You don't know what a meme is. Okay, you're lying because I know a lot of you out there have no. Maybe you all know what a meme is. I don't know. So, th- this is what a meme. A meme is is a picture with a funny saying with it or some saying with it. So, I read some memes on trusting God, and here's some that I found. One said, "Trust God and chill." Okay, all right, trust God and and chill. Um, Everything changes when you begin to trust God. Hallelujah, that just, you know, touches me deeply, right? Everything changes. It's true, it's true but it can be bumper sticker theology. Some of my favorites, I found this one. Um, this is Batman slapping Robin. And it says, can I trust God? And then Batman says, of course it's God. Psh, and he slaps him. I like that one. Now, I got one for you cat lovers. How many cat lovers out there? All right, I got one for you cat lovers. Okay, I'm doing it for you, okay? This isn't for me. I'm doing it for you. Um, this one says, everybody say, ah!" right? This one says, trust God and just shut up. Okay. So that's a good, that, that touches me deeply. Now for you, horse lovers, I got one for you. How many horse lovers out there? All right. All my nieces are, they're horse lovers. Okay. Horse lovers. How many dog lovers out there? All right. Got some, here's one. Right trust. God will put the right people in your life at the right time and for the right reason. Isn't that cool? There's you got a big, I have no idea what kind of horse. Isn't that good? Yeah. You guys, you guys are weird. You really like that one, right? I, mean, I don't even know what kind of horse. It, is, it, is it a Belgium horse? I don't know. It's a big one, right? So I don't know. So what is it? Okay, whatever. Okay, so, okay, so listen. These are cute. Can we, you know, these are cute. Maybe you see a lot of these on, on Instagram. You post them on, on, social media. But what does it truly mean, to trust God? Is it, is it a simple bumper sticker? Is it, is it a simple meme? When you're going through something that is very difficult, very hard, a meme might not help very much when you're in the middle. Of something that's very difficult. So so the question is, the question we want to answer this morning is this How do I trust God with my life and my problems? That's the question. How do I trust God with my life and my problems? Is is a simple meme gonna put the band aid on my problem? For the summer we're looking into the book of Proverbs and how we can live our lives with wisdom. And what we came to discover last week, a proverb is a short saying that expresses truth for for practical, godly living. In fact, the Hebrew word for proverbs comes from the root word meaning to be like. God wants us to be like this. The book of Proverbs is a saying of the wise and how to live out wise practically, live out wisdom practically in our lives. And so I want to jump into probably one of my favorite um, Proverbs. It's in Proverbs chapter 3. Many of you may have memorized this. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And what it teaches us is this. It teaches us to trust the Lord. And this verse also holds a promise for us, for those who truly trust the Lord. So let's look at this. Many of you know this verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Let's, let's, let's look at it together. It says, trust in the Lord with what? With all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. And all your ways, acknowledge Him. And here's the promise: the promises, and He will make straight your paths. Isn't that a wonderful verse? How many of you like? You like that one, right? We love that. We quote it. We know it. We've memorized it. So let's let's understand. Here's what the proverb writers tell us right off the bat: to trust the Lord. And in fact, Proverbs chapter three. The chapter itself lists six things that are characteristics of a wise person. And and there's a few of them right here in verses 5 and 6. And it first says that a wise person, someone who is wise and understanding, trusts the Lord. So let me ask you a question. Can we believe in God and not trust God? Can someone believe in God and not trust in Him. Most certainly, yes. Someone can believe in God and not truly put their trust in Him. We can trust, we can trust in other things to give us significance our, and value in our lives that not necessarily comes from the Lord. So how do I know if I'm truly trusting God? How do I know? I may believe in God, but the truth of the matter is, am I really trusting Him in our lives? So very simply, if that thing that was in my life was removed from our lives, how would you respond? What is my happiness built on? What is my identity built on? Think about an athlete for a moment, a professional athlete. Their whole life is built upon their athletics and their health. If that thing is taken away, if they have some career-ending injury, how would they respond to that? What what happens in your life if something changes in your life that you weren't expecting? You will find out really quickly what you're trusting. You will find out really quickly where your identity lies. If that thing was removed, it will reveal truly the thing that you're trusting. And what happens is, if we're not trusting the Lord, then those things can become our functional saviors. Those things become the thing. If, I, if, if those things are doing well and I feel good and my kids are doing well and I have a job, then I feel happy. But if something goes wrong, something goes wrong in my health or my kids or my job, what happens when those things are removed? What it will reveal is truly what we are trusting. If my job is going well, if my kids are doing well, I feel good about myself. But what happens when things go wrong? It is in those times that will reveal the most what you're truly trusting. I love what... Tim Keller says here, you will be mortally shaken, anxious, angry, or despondent if anything threatens them. They cloud your judgment, distort your vision of yourself and the world. So, what are we truly trusting? Our total trust in Christ displaces false saviors, false things that we can set up in our heart to make us feel good, to make us feel like this is my identity. So what the word trust means is, the word trust means to lie helpless face down. To lie helpless face down. It's really, it's a word picture here of a soldier waiting for their superior's command and readiness to obey. So it's this helplessness, this face down obedience to the Lord. It's not just believing in God. It's saying, God, do I truly trust you in complete obedience? Think about a time when you had to trust someone else completely. Think about a time when you had to trust someone else completely. Listen to me. Let me get specific here. Every time you fly in an airplane, you're doing that. Every single time. You're hoping, do they have enough uh, experience? Right? Do you ever think about that? Just for a moment, you, you hope that they weren't drinking in the bar before they got in the plane, right? You ever think about it? Your 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 life is dependent on that person flying the plane. Every time I get in the car with Kathleen and when she's driving, I'm doing that, right? Teasing oh, and Honey, well, oh, that's gonna okay. Wow, back, back, back. back. <laughs> Kathleen, they love you. They love you, Kathleen. They're on your side. I I missed it on that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely pay for that one later. <laughs> Think about it. Every time you have surgery, every time you have surgery, you're completely putting your trust in the doctor that he or she knows what they're doing, that you're not their first patient that they've ever operated on, right? You're putting your complete trust in that. So it's not whether or not you believe in God. Do you trust him? Are you putting your complete faith in a God who knows us best? And then the next thing we're told to do is, is do not lean on your own understanding. What's the proverb? What does the proverb writer mean here? What does it mean? This doesn't mean that, that we don't use our brain or, or ignore common sense. Have you ever just done something dumb? You just don't, you did something with no wisdom and it was just stupid. You remember your mom or your dad saying, what were you thinking when you, when you did something? I, I, my dad has like the greatest stories growing up. My dad was like Dennis the Menace growing up. He was, wasn't a bad kid. He just, he just mischievous. Just Like one time, the, him and his friends corralled all the neighbor's dogs in the neighborhood and corralled them in their backyard just to, for no reason. Just got all the dogs and, and my grandfather came came home, what is, good? all these dogs barking and pooping all over the place, but anyways, this is, but this one story, I, I love my dad, this one story, my dad was young with his friends, and they had this great idea to go down to Durani's Park down by the lake, and if you remember, um, for those that lived here for a while, they had buffalo down there, they actually had buffalo down, and, and they pen them, and you could go see see the buffalo, my dad, when he was really young, had this great idea with his buddies to go down there and take their bow and arrows. Okay, now these weren't compound bows, these weren't crossbows, I mean these were, you know, nothing was going to happen to these these buffaloes. So no animals got injured in in this story. But they were up in the trees and they were shooting at the buffalo in the pen. Enough to irritate them, not hurt them, no buffalo got hurt, enough to irritate them to where they busted out of the pen. So you've got buffalo roaming Durand Park like they're on the plains in the Wild West. And so my dad is trapped up in the trees with his buddies and they can't get down and it's getting dark and my grandma's like where am I where's my son where is he and finally they corralled all the buffalo and uh, I don't know how they did it and my dad finally uh, made it home but that's my dad that now I can't imagine what grandpa and grandma Jure said to my dad at that moment I'm sure it was what were you thinking right wasn't the wisest thing in the world see wisdom what wisdom does acknowledges the Lord in all we do. See, wisdom says, I need to acknowledge you, not in what I think, but what you think, Lord. See, it's it's actually doing due diligence. It's not checking your brain at the door. It's doing due diligence. It's studying. It's reading up. It's asking others who are experienced in these areas. I love what Paul says to Timothy's protege. Well, Paul says to Timothy, Apostle Paul, he's in 2 Timothy 2.15, he says this to Timothy, and I love these words. And I love how Paul encourages Timothy to study, to be approved, to show himself worthy of the calling that God has placed on his life. And he says, listen, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. This is due diligence. This is acknowledging the Lord, acknowledging His 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 Word in your life and studying it for yourself. In fact, the words do your best means to be zealous. Paul's saying, don't be casual with your walk with God. Just, just, don't, just don't read a meme and then let that be your devotional for the day. Right? It's he says, listen, be zealous and knowing the truth. Of God's word. This will give you wisdom on how you live your life every single day. And when we do that, then we can leave it in God's hands, knowing that we've done our best. That God, we've looked at your word, we're zealous in knowing your truth. Not not so it would puff us up, but that it would humble us. That we would we would regard you as first in our lives and everything that we do. Rest in the fact that you've done everything to honor God in your decision. Rest in the fact that you've done everything to honor God in your decisions. I love this one Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 2131. It says, the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory rests with the Lord. You've done everything to prepare yourself. You've read his word. You've prayed. You've asked God to take hold of your heart and your life. You've humbled yourself before the Lord. You've sought other godly people in the areas that maybe you need help in. You've done all these things. And then what you do is you just give it to the Lord. And the victory rests with the Lord. God's not telling you to do nothing. He's telling you to do something. Seek me. Know me. I can be found if you seek me with all your heart. That's how much he loves you and cares for you. So let's get an understanding of what this means. What this means is it's a warning against self-reliance. It's a warning against self-reliance. I'm going to do this without godly wisdom. That's a dangerous place. When we begin to seek our own knowledge and our own understanding, this is a dangerous place to be. This is where godly counsel comes in and biblical wisdom is applied if I have a choice to make and I know it goes against God's word, then I'm leaning on my own understanding. And here's the warning. Let me give you the warning. Let me give you the warning because I hear this all the time and I cringe every time I hear it. Don't trust your heart. I hear all those, what's your heart telling you? Listen to your heart, right? How many of you that got you in a lot of heap of trouble when you listen to your heart, right? In fact, the, the prophet Jeremiah says, your heart is deceitful above all things. Who can trust it? Don't trust your heart. Those are your feelings. Your feelings are all over the place, like a roller coaster. Don't trust it. Trust God's word. It will usurp your feelings every single time and weigh through what is wrong feelings with right feelings. If I have a choice to make and I know it goes against word, God's word, then I'm I'm leaning on my own understanding. Don't listen to your heart. It will get you in trouble every single time. And so never use this Proverbs, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, as, as, as a meme or something something to simply say. It's not some magical formula for perfect living. It takes a lot of work to trust the Lord. And there are going to be times in your life where your life is not going to make sense. But here's what I want you to see. It's the consistency in your life As you walk with the Lord every single day, that will help you to traverse through the difficult things in your life. See, what happens in our life is like we go through something, it blindsides us, and we're like, what do I do? I gotta go through the word of God. Okay, what is God's word? And we panic. We're so reactive and we're not proactive. But see, when I'm consistently seeking God's wisdom every single day in my life, when those situations come, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be prepared. Because God, I have you. I know that you're with me. I know that you're not going to leave me or forsake me. I know that when I acknowledge you in all my ways, you're going to make my path straight. You will walk with me. I may not understand this, but I know that you will be with me. And it doesn't mean that we'll never experience difficulties in our lives. It means that We can have godly wisdom to traverse through the troubled waters that come our ways. And so what it tells us to do is, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and here's the promise, and he will make straight your paths. To acknowledge God means to actually know him. It means to know him. It's not just simply spouting out a verse that you've memorized, but this is critical. This is not a casual acknowledgement. Like when you are in a room and someone acknowledges you and says hi, this is a deeper meaning of intimacy, truly knowing someone. When we acknowledge God, we're actually submitting to him, submitting to his word. So what is the promise for doing this? Well, the promise is the promise is we will be on a path of righteousness and wellness. God will put you on a path that is straight, that will give you peace. That will help you in your times of trouble. We will be on a straight path. See, our ultimate goal is Christ. He is the one that we ultimately want to please. In your choices, how are you pleasing Christ in your choices? In your interactions with others, how are you pleasing Christ? Are we asking and giving forgiveness? Or are we harboring bitterness and unforgiveness for someone else? That's not wise. That's only going to hurt you. But someone who's on the straight path with God and who acknowledges God in all their ways knows that we need to forgive, that we need to show grace to one another, that we don't hold bitterness and grudges against each other. Think of it this way. You have two paths that you can take. The path of my desire and my wants and what I want to do, and then the path that God desires me. Now, there's many times where there's a path I want to go down because I know get back at that person or I don't like what they said, right? And I know there's God's path. Like, pardon, zip it. Barden, trust me. Barden, take the high road here. Give this to Christ. Remember, there's these two paths. My wants, my desires. This path's going to make, I think, going to make me feel better because I'm going to get back at that person right, or whatever who hurt me. And then there's this path that looks down at the end and there's the cross. And there's Christ who gave his life for me and gave up everything and says, "Barden, are you willing to lay down these things for me? That's the straight path. That's the path that will give you peace. That's the path where you'll find Christ's comfort. One path is littered with obstacles and poor choices. And we've all been down those paths, right? We've all been there. And one straight path progresses towards the goal of being made more like Jesus, even though it hurts Sometimes, but it's the path of righteousness. One is full of regrets. You may go down that path, but then you look back and there's a bunch of regrets down that path, right? That we have to live with. Regrets and fear. And then one path is full of peace and security. What path do you want to be on? The choice is yours. Do you acknowledge God in all our ways? Do we trust in him? He said our paths will be made straight. Some of you may know the meaning behind this one hymn, and it's just an incredible story. Um, the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, is written by the words are come from Horatio Spafford. and They lived in the late 1800s, and um, actually had five children, and every single one of them died. Jung's son died of scarlet fever. His four girls died in a horrific uh, Boating, a boat accident, a ship accident, as they went on vacation from the United States to England. And um, it's interesting in his story about the words, the words, it is well with my soul, came from the horrible accident when he lost his four daughters. His wife lived, but their daughters died. And he was going to England to meet his wife, and he got a letter from his wife, and she said this. <laughs> her only words were saved alone what should I do he gets in a boat he goes to England the captain shows him as they're heading to England where the wreck happened where he lost his four daughters and at that moment he had a choice to trust the Lord and allow anger and bitterness to take over or to trust the Lord And at that very moment, when he looked at the spot where his daughters passed away, the words to him came. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. If he did not have a relationship before that moment, he could have never said those words. See, for Horatio, it was a life that—not that he wasn't hurting or what the circumstances in his life were not horrible—but it was this consistency to trust the Lord and to be on that path where God could give him peace and rest. So even in the moment of that horrific tragedy, he could still go before the Lord and say, it is well with my soul because I know you are with me. How do we get to that point? It's consistency, people. It's every day waking up and acknowledging the Lord that he is in control of your life and you can trust him. It's, it's, it's passing up on the times that we get mad and angry and trust christ with our lives it's during those times when we don't know what else to do but all we do is we trust christ and we lay that thing before him because we know he's with us that we know that nothing can separate us from the love of god which is in christ jesus our lord the the question i want to ask you today is it is it is it well with your soul is it is it well with your soul today what, what are you fighting against? What, what thing is agitating you? Is, is there some things, is there bitterness in your heart or your life? What are, what are some things that are festering that you know that, Pastor Barton, this, this is not the right road and I know it's not. My question is, is it well with your soul? Maybe you're here today and you've never trusted Christ with your life and life is just be, beating you up. Jesus says, trust me with your life. Is it well with your soul? Are you okay? Jesus is asking you to come and to lay all those burdens at his feet and we can trust him. He's a gentle, perfect savior. He tells us to come all who are weary, who are burdened, come to me and Jesus says, I will give you rest. I'll give you peace for your souls from all the bad decisions that we've made. Jesus will cover us through his precious blood that he shed for us. He's a perfect savior. It is well, it is well with my soul. No matter what happens in my life, it is well with my soul because I know that Jesus is in control. Would you pray with me this morning? Just bow your heads with me for just a moment just a moment, we're going to sing a modern version of that song, It Is Well, and I I want us to sing that unto the Lord, and I want you to give those things to the Lord. I want to pray for you today, those that are watching online. What thing in your heart and your life is bothering you? What path are you on right now? It's never, ever too late to change course. That's the wonderful, beautiful thing about the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ we can always find forgiveness and grace and mercy when we trust him with our lives. So Father God, I, I pray right now, trust is not an easy thing. But Lord, you ask us to lay everything down. And so Lord, I pray for these today, they're just struggling today, that they might they might be holding on to some things in their heart that is just, is an anchor into their soul that's caused them to be uneasy, that has caused them to walk in bitterness, whatever it may be. Maybe they're bitter over whatever it might be a health issue or, or something that someone has done to them or a relationship. Jesus, I pray that you would allow us to see you and who you truly are and what you did for us upon that cross. Help us to lay those things at your feet. Help us, Lord, to trust you with our lives that we could say it is well. No matter what happens in my life, I can say it is well with my soul because, Christ, you are ultimately in control. So, Lord, I just pray you'd speak to every heart here today and that we would make that choice to trust you even when circumstances are not ideal because that's when it truly kicks into another gear. That's when it truly means that, we're not just, that we just don't say, yeah, we believe in God, but we truly believe in you when we trust you with everything in our lives, even when it doesn't make sense. Help us to do that. And thank you that we can trust you, Jesus, for you conquered sin and death through your life. And we can trust you with ours. In Jesus' precious name, we ask these things. Jesus' precious name, we ask all these things. And all God's people said, "Amen." Amen. Amen. Can we thank God for His Word today? He's worthy of it. Thank you.